Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the No Huddle Show. Uh, this is Mike. Uh, I was just trying to conference in Sam, and uh, he did not answer, so we're going to give him a couple minutes. Maybe he'll call in here shortly. Uh, he might have gotten sidetracked for just a moment. So I'm going to go ahead and kick things off on our show. We had a absolutely uh, meh weekend of uh, wild card football. Uh, we have Arizona the Rams tonight. Uh, but uh, the game's... To be honest with you, other than uh, really Cincinnati, Las Vegas, San Francisco, and Dallas, it left a whole lot to be desired. Oh, New England absolutely got trounced by Buffalo. That that game wasn't even close. Um, and then Pittsburgh uh, kept it close early in the in the first quarter, uh, but uh, after that, uh, it was all Kansas City. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger looks like he could barely throw the ball five yards down the field. Um, so, uh, you know, question, do we really need these seven-seeded teams? Uh, both seven-seeded teams were absolutely blown out, the Eagles and Pittsburgh. Uh, the Eagles made it look a lot closer than uh, it was. They scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it 31-15, to but it was 31 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. And the Steelers also – uh, scored somewhat late. Uh, you know, they scored two touchdowns in the uh, – or they scored one touchdown in the third quarter, and they scored one touchdown in the fourth quarter, but they were down 35-7. to seven. So uh, both teams from Pennsylvania not really putting up a good show. Um, so, you know, I don't know if we need these wild card games uh, or these seven seeds getting in. Uh, but really, I mean – think about it right now if we don't have these seven seed the chiefs and titans are on a bye okay then we would have had uh your 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 bills and your patriots and you would have the Bengals and the raiders um we didn't really need to see you know and, and, you know what's your reward for being a top two seed all season and being pretty consistent all year oh i guess i still have to play three games to get to the super bowl um, I'm not a huge fan of adding the seventh seed. Um, but, you know, I, I guess there's more emphasis. Uh, the NFL's maybe thinking, well, you know, last week of the season or two weeks of the season, if you already have the top two, two seeds lined up, you're going to rest a lot of guys. Ratings might go down. Uh, at least this gives everybody something to play for, even if they've already clinched a playoff spot. But, I mean, who knows? Uh, I think – you're really just uh, beating up on the players by adding an extra week uh, to the playoffs for two for a top two seed, and then also adding an extra game to the regular season. Uh, moving along, though, uh, we got um, that Bengals Raiders game. Uh, I gotta tell you, was probably one of the worst officiated games ever. That crew, the NFL came out saying that crew's not allowed to work games. The rest of those playoffs, it was so bad. You had the controversial touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd, um, which, you know, I get it. You have 
the whistle that that happened, the inadvertent whistle, it's supposed to the by NFL rules that means the play is technically dead and has to be replayed. So why the referees blowing a whistle in the first place, you know? And then they try to say, oh, it came from the crowd. It wasn't. It wasn't one of the referees. The ball was already in the air, though. So the the argument is a rule is a rule, but how much impact did it have? It would have been one thing if they blew the whistle while Joe Burrow was scrambling, and then people kind of let up, and then he threw the ball, and Tyler Boyd was wide open. He had released the ball. Boyd was in his spot, and the whistle blew probably about two seconds before Boyd caught the ball. So I don't think it had a big impact on that. The only beef is, you know, the Raiders, you know, instead of giving up a touchdown there, possibly if they hold Cincinnati to a field goal, uh, it changes the outcome of the game. Um, But then you had on that last drive, um, you had a terrible late hit call on Cincinnati where the guy barely brushed up against Derek Carr and, and they called a roughing the passer penalty. Then you got, uh, you know, the Hunter Renfro catch where they're saying that it was an incomplete pass. I thought that could have gone either way, but, but it was really just a terrible day of officiating. Um, I'm going to try to loop Sam in once again, so give me guys just one moment. There might be a period of dead air as I try to conference him in. Um. Nothing there. So, all right, guys, we are going to just power through this for a little bit. Um, this is the show. I'm just going to be honest with you. This show's fucking terrible uh, without Sam here. Uh, I have a very difficult time trying to do it by myself. Uh, if someone wants to call in and chat about Wild Card Weekend, feel free to call in at 563-999-3761. Anyways, um, I want to go to our quarterback uh, tier rankings here. Um, for the remainder of the playoffs. So we have Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow in the AFC. And in the NFC, we got Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, we have – we don't know I, – I, we don't know about Kyle Murray, Stafford, who's going to win there. One of those guys. And we have Brady and we have Rodgers. Um, if we're going to rank – if we're ranking the quarterbacks left, number eight probably – has to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I would say he's probably the eighth best quarterback left in the playoffs. Seventh, that that's easy. That's going to go to Ryan Tannehill. Then we get to six. I this is this is a difficult one uh, for me to to put this out there. But if if we're going the rankings, I would say Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, whoever wins that game is going to slot in at six. Uh, number five, um, I believe that number five is Josh Allen. Um, and a lot of people are going to probably rip me for that, but I think that Josh Allen is probably the fifth best quarterback left. Four, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. And then my top three and I don't see how there's any argument here. Mahomes uh, at number one with Brady at two and Rodgers at three. And that, that's probably as solid as the top three as you're going to get. Um, but I, I think Burrow is slightly ahead of 
Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen is a better runner, but I think Burrow has more poise in the pocket. I think he can read defenses slightly better. Um, they're both great quarterbacks. And looking at the trajectory of quarterbacks, uh, the ASC has all the young guns, man. I mean, you look at the NFC, and the NFC's got all the old quarterbacks. You look at uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. You know, and Russell Wilson's got probably like another five good years left, five, six good years left. Rodgers is coming down to it. He probably has maybe three good years left. Brady, I, I don't know. I feel like Brady should be terrible by now, but he just keeps defying time. So I I have no clue when Brady's going to hit that cliff and fall off. Uh, but, you know, then you look at some of the upcoming younger quarterbacks, Dak Prescott. Um, you know, Dak Prescott's maybe in the top 15 best quarterbacks. Uh, Jalen Hurts is meh. You know, solid quarterback. I don't think Jalen Hurts, if he's your quarterback, he's going to win you a Super Bowl. I don't. And I also feel the same way about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Um, I'm higher on Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson can win a Super Bowl, um, but uh, yeah, I think it's gonna he's gonna need to get more talent around him. Um, but you know, in the NFC, really, who scares you? Breeze is already retired from the Saints. Um, the Falcons, Matt Ryan's going to retire soon. They don't have really a quarterback that's going to be around for the next five years. The Panthers don't have a quarterback. Um, then you look at the West. The Niners have Trey Lance. We don't know what he is yet. Seahawks still have Russell Wilson. The Cardinals have Kyler Murray and the Rams have Matt Stafford. You know, all pretty good quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's probably top ten quarterback in the league. Um, probably top seven, really. Um, and then in the North, you have Kirk Cousins, average quarterback, Justin Fields. We don't know what he is. Jared Goff, average quarterback, and then Aaron Rodgers. But then you look over at the AFC. In the AFC East, you have Josh Allen. You also have young quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Tua Tagovailoa. Obviously, Josh Allen is the best of that bunch. We don't know what Mac Jones is yet. We don't know what Zach Wilson is yet. It's too early to tell. Uh, Tua, you kind of know what he is. Tua, to me, looks like a classic game manager quarterback, someone that if he has a weak talent around him, can be a playoff-style quarterback like Andy Dalton, but he's never going to be the reason why your team's winning. Then you go down to the AFC North. Well, you got Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and Ben Roethlisberger. This is the last season. Burrow, I think, is going to be the king of that division. Lamar Jackson, great player. But I think Burrow, because of what he brings uh, from a pocket presence, from an ability to throw the ball, from an ability to read defenses, I think he's going to be better suited to winning than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, we see these guys who are uber-athletic, as they age and their speed starts to slow down, if they don't have it, if they don't have some of the other intangibles, um, they don't last long. And Lamar Jackson, to me, kind of reminds me more of Michael Vick than he does Randall Cunningham and Russell Wilson. Randall Cunningham, after he was no longer scrambling and, you know, 
You saw what he did in Minnesota, um, had some really good seasons with the Vikings as the quarterback, and then you've kind of seen what Russell Wilson's evolved into. Michael Vick, you know, I know he lost some time going to prison, but when he got out of prison and he was with the Eagles, he was just a okay quarterback. He didn't have the speed and electricity anymore, and I, I fear that that's what's going to happen to um, to Lamar Jackson. Then you look at the AFC South, Deshaun Watson, his status is up in the air, Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill. Trevor Lawrence, if he becomes a lot of people think he can, um, he's he's going to rule that division along with Deshaun Watson if he gets his stuff cleared up. And in the AFC West, you got Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and whoever Denver has. But really, I would say for taking Brady and Aaron Rodgers out of it, let's take them out of the equation. If you're looking at quarterbacks for the next decade, 2020 to 2030, the AFC has four top quarterbacks. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and you could say Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert. I feel like the AFC is going to win the majority of the Super Bowls this decade. Tampa Bay won last year. Kansas City won in 2019. But Tampa, or I guess 20, the 2019 season, 2020 Super Bowl, um, because this is the 2021 season. So Tampa Bay won the 2020 season. So starting off the decade, Tampa Bay won. Fine with Brady. And we might see Rodgers win one this year. So they'll take the first two Super Bowls of the decade. But I think looking down the road, it's all Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. I don't think Dak Prescott is going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think Russell Wilson is going to win another Super Bowl. And I don't think there's a single quarterback in the NFC right now. You know, Trey Lance might prove me wrong, but, uh, you know, time will tell on that one. So I think looking at things, I think the AFC is going to win the majority of the Super Bowls this decade. Please call in at uh, 563-999-3761 uh, if you'd like to debate this. Um, next up, we have Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. Um, if you remember, Iowa was on the news because they said there was a cult. There was a lot of players that said there was a – ex-players coming out saying there was, a, you know, a lot of racism in the program, that there was – issues with strength coach. I believe strength coach ended up getting fired. Uh, Kirk Ferentz recently disbanded the advisory committee that was created um, after uh, that was created after a 2020 investigation found evidence of racial bias against the black players in this program and bullying behavior by his assistants. Um, Ferentz made the decision to end the committee shortly after its leader, former offensive lineman David Porter, suggested it was time for Iowa to cut ties with the coach. Uh, so what, you know, what did they really learn here? You know, you have the coach that has disbanded the alumni, you know, advisory board or the, the advisory committee with what power? Why is the head coach the person? Why is it not the athletic director and the president? Uh, I, I don't know why Iowa is able to get away with this. Um, 
Sorry, folks, we're having some great technical difficulties. Uh, on this note, uh, I'm, I'm having issues uh, with the mic. It keeps cutting in and out. We don't have Sam on here. Um, I'm having some Internet issues currently. So we are going to cut the show short. I apologize to everybody. Uh, we will try to be back on Friday.